Hello and welcome to Top Fives, the show of everything Top Fives, presented by the Sex Effects. I'm Joey Prati. And I'm Sean Day. And folks, we just have a, uh, a maniacal, uh, musically inspired hoedown of a show this evening. Uh, but before we get to the hoedowniness of it all, Jonathan, how are you doing, my friend? Oh, it's a hoedown, man. <laughs> it's a hoedown, motherfucker. It's a hoedown, motherfucker. Uh, good, man. Just uh, trying to stay cool in Los Angeles. Still freaking hot out here, and uh, but enjoying my time. It, it is the beginning of the week, but I am excited to start the week. July is pretty much almost over. And uh, I think Infinity War is coming out on digital and Blu-ray this end of the month. It so is. I'm stoked for yeah. that. That'll to be rewatch good. that. Um, but yeah, man, just kind of hanging out. Uh, we did skip a week, so it's we it's did. nice to be uh, back in podcasting and talking to you. And uh, and, our imaginary face and your voice, audience. yeah, your, your face, balls. your voice, everything. <laughs> Everything, but yeah, but uh, yeah, dude, I'm I'm just excited to uh, to be back. Um, Hell yeah, Joey, how are you doing this week? I'm doing. It's Monday, and uh, I'm doing well. I have to say, I um, received the greatest surprise um, this evening. I went out to the mail to get the mail, and there was a package from these very sweet people. You might know them, um, Grandma and Grandpa Day. Um, <laughs> Got a very, very lovely card um, from your grandma and your grandpa, and uh, they sent a book over um, that is all about Inverary, Scotland. Um, oh, cool. And they're like, you know, we've had this book for, for so long, but, you know, you guys will probably cherish it since you've been there, and blah, blah, blah. So it was very sweet. Um, so that was such a cool way to, like, begin my evening and like, no, I'm going to be talking to you and it's all connected. Um, so, you know, shout out to your grandma and grandpa and, and just, I love that. I know the Dave family and, and love all of you guys because <laughs> of our friendship. It's just, it's a beautiful thing, man. Dude. So, um, <laughs> me, me familia as Sue familia is, uh, you know, Oh, that, that makes me miss them so much, man. And, uh, yeah. Shout out! To, they they do listen to the show every now and then. So uh, I will watch my language. I yeah. apologize. <laughs> but if you guys are listening, I love you guys so much. And um, you know, I am trying to plan to get over there, over to England, uh, hopefully next summer. So um, that'll be awesome. Yeah, and I think I've heard a rumor that my cousins might be coming here as well. So my cousins oh. Katie and Tom. About to so, be cray. If you guys are listening too, man, I miss you guys too. So uh, super excited for for family. Yeah, <laughs> family. It's a family show. It's family hour this hour. <laughs> um, so s- since um, since we last talked to our dear dear imaginary audience, we were in front of a live physical audience. Um, we had our hundredth episode at East Village Coffee Lounge in yeah. downtown Monterey. And we had a fucking great time. Andrew Hopkins came out and he uh, co-hosted with us. Uh, Raj Patel took some very cool photographs. So thank you, Raj. Um, my folks came down. Your pops came down. Had some friends from work. Um, some strangers who came with us to dinner afterwards. So that was fucking weird and great. Uh, so yeah, it's a good time, man. 
it, it was fun. I, again, thanking everyone who came out. And um, you guys can actually listen to the episode from it. We posted it last Friday. Uh, yes. So check it out. It's quite, it's pretty entertaining. I must say both Joy and I have listened back to it. <laughs> and uh, it was, it was cool, man. I, I really think, uh, I, fe- I feel like both of us agree. I think we're going to have to do another live episode again sometime in the future oh, and hopefully yeah. soon in the future. Um, yeah, and I had a great might, time. Yeah, I, I would love to make it a regular thing as far as maybe that could be a milestone episode after a couple episodes we do and, and kind of bring it all together. So Every five episodes, top that, five. That would be cool, man. I, I, that might be tight. And you know what? Uh, I guess shout out to you know everyone who came to and just you know some of the people who randomly came in who m- might have not like known our show, but I thought that was a really cool experience too because you know we've been recording you know this from our sp- perspective areas and we get you know engagements on Instagram and um, you know we we have that kind of social media interactiveness uh, going on and um, you know it's cool to see actual physical people who might have not known about the show or, or, you know, kind of uh, have an idea of what it is and are there interacting with us. I thought that was kind of really cool. That was so much fun, yeah. We had, we had some shout-outs and some, you know, people say some top fives that we might not have thought of in the moment. and We had hecklers. Uh, we had hecklers. <laughs> no. <laughs> very very we nice select hecklers. hecklers. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, that was a great experience. And, uh, again, guys, listen to the episode and comment. Maybe comment on what you might want to see in, uh, or hear in the, in the next live episode. I will not do another show in a thong. Just <laughs> not doing a show in a thong, dude. So not anything you guys want to see. <laughs> Just within reason. No thongs, guys. No and, thongs. And I guess no another show. print. <laughs> And uh, I guess another shout out to East Village because they they were were kind of totally. to host the host us there. So um, awesome, yeah, I, dude. Yeah, it was it was like coming home, man. Because we used to do you know we used to open, open mics, mics there, man. We used yeah, to play some musica musica uh, for the people. <laughs> uh, so that was fun, man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what else? What else? So um, before we get into our lists, Comic Con was this past weekend. Comic-Con, um, yes. I saw some pictures from the showroom floor and it just looked fucking miserable just wall to wall people and sweat and i don't think i'd like at this point like if i had gone back in like 06 that'd be one thing but i don't think i can go now in 2008 i don't think i'd want to go it's or 18 excuse me it's so much dude i think the popularity every year just keeps growing and i feel like it's so uh uh, you know, unless you live kind of close to this area, you know, you got to pl- you got to kind of get your tickets in advance, book your hotels. Yeah. Um, if you're doing the all all days, I think it's like three days or something. Or it's a couple of days, I think. Um, yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot to take in. And I mean, uh, I had the opportunity to, to go to uh, Comic-Con. It's man, it's been a couple of years now. You maybe three or four years ago. Surly bastard. Yeah, it it was great, man. I I was uh, I only got to go. I went to two of the days, and I was invited, or I got my ticket through um, uh, a film company that I worked for, and they did a stop animation film uh, of um, Usagi Ojimbo, which is like one of the. Uh, uh, it's like a it's a comic created by um, Stanley Sakai, I think. Stan Sakai is his that name, sounds and, right. and uh, it's kind of like. It's kind of like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but it's like feudal Japan with like a samurai like rabbit. 
<laughs> so it's it's very it was very interesting. I did sound for it, and um, as a kind of uh, compensation for it, they were able to get me out to um, to Comic Con and actually show the little sh- short film at the end of the of Stanley Sakai's uh, panel um, and kind of just check it out and show it to some prospective fans. So I thought that was really cool and. Um, yeah, the whole thing was just elaborate and everything. But I got to say, kind of similar to, like, we've been to WonderCon before. They have, like, Artist Alley. I thought that yeah. still is the core of, like, you know, it's a, it's still about comic books and just seeing, like, yeah. the comic book artists there drawing and and really interacting with fans um, is a really kind of a cool experience to be there, to actually see the drawings come to life. And, you know, you That's see where I would sp- want to spend my time. Yeah, right? You know, especially th- those who are so influential to the to the comic book, you know, uh, genre, and you yeah. know how many people have taken on all these different characters. So it's cool to kind of almost meet your heroes in a way. You know, I'm not I'm not oh, totally. the hugest comic book fan, but I, I still appreciate the the kind of creativity and and a lot. You know, of course, it's a lot of work to to put into illustrating and and getting all the story stories put together in a comic. So. Um, if you guys, yeah, if you ever find yourselves at Comic-Con, I, I think that's definitely a place you have to go. Uh, yeah. You know, I know there's all the movies and, you know, it's it's such a Hall kind H. of pop culture thing now with, like, all the media and films and stuff. And, you know, I, I feel like a lot of the... It's centered mostly around, like, kind of films now, but... Um, yeah, it's, it's great, mainstream, and it's not really for, you know, yeah. who was originally intended. Yeah, but you know, there's still some cool shit that happens, and so uh, Comic Con was the, yeah. This is last weekend, so we had was like some trailers dropped. Some I I feel like the two biggest things were um, the Aquaman Shazam and lest not we forget Titans. Fuck Batman. Oh uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> so we got three DC trailers that just like from the spectrum of look. We're straight up copying Marvel and smiling to, I don't know if this is the late 90s or 2018, but whatever with Aquaman, kind of looks like the prequels a little bit. And then uh, all the way to Robin breaking necks, stabbing people to death and saying, fuck Batman. Fuck Batman. So, wow. Yeah. Wow. What is your take on on each of these things individually? I was was a little taken back by the the fuck Batman part because I was like, uh, well, Batman is, I mean, DC, like all these movies wouldn't be there if it weren't for Batman. And yeah, I felt I, not to say like, I can see what they're trying to do with that. Like, yeah, like this is, it's all about Robin and like his dark, you know, pathway <laughs> Which, or whatever. Robin wears red and yellow and fucking green. He's not, <laughs> he's not supposed to look that breaking badass. Breaking necks in an alleyway. Like, come on. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know if they're trying to go for, like, they're trying to match the tones, I guess, with, like, what the Snyder universe is. And, and I don't even know if these are connected to them or if they're going to eventually do it. I don't think so. The production quality looks worse than the fucking CW shows. Oh, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm I, I, I would say the only, like, the Robin costume looks decent, but, like, uh, what's yeah. the Starfire? Star, is oh, it, she looked like a Brooklyn oh. hooker. Bro, I, you know what? I was kind of thinking the same um what was the inhumans tv show that came out that just kind of that's totally a really good comparison yeah bombed like i felt the same way about uh there was another character and she wore this wig and it just looked like too fake 
And I, unfortunately, you know, seeing the trailer, it looks like she has some powers that, you know, kind of like it kind of masks, masks over the kind of makeup and stuff she has. But I just hope that like, I don't know. And I've seen like the comic book comparisons and it doesn't look like they're very close. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> But I, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't even know if I'm gonna. Cause that this whole Titans thing is is part of the new DC uh, streaming service that they're trying to push. Seven ninety nine right? a month. Yeah, but no, thank so. you. Who wants this? And they're only giving you the first two seasons of Batman the Animated Series in HD. Like, ooh, what? Just the only first two? Yeah. I don't know oh. if all of them will be on there, but only the first two will be in HD, or if only the first two will be on there. But it's like they're releasing the complete series in Blu-ray on Blu-ray um, yeah, in yeah. October. So it's like, just why know. not add, yeah, add the rest? Yeah. Of, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not I, getting this app just for fucking Batman. The animated series as much as I love the show. I'll buy that show separately just so I don't have to yeah, yeah. pay a monthly thing for this bullshit DC app. I'm, I'm curious. But. Cause I know some of the, you know, I think some of the DC properties like on Netflix are, I'm sure there's some contractual stuff happening there where I think some of those might be released back to, you know, I don't know if they'll stay on Netflix or maybe the, they'll come back to DC and then that will be the flagship for a lot of that content. Probably. So I, you know, I, I know it's like a new, this is going to be like a new, I feel like this is, I mean, it's not a new thing, but like, you know, companies like DC and then, you know, like Disney is going to roll out their, do you think Disney is going to be real assholes and do Disney, Marvel, Star Wars? Like, that'll be Ooh. really shitty if we got to buy three apps for one fucking company. I, I wouldn't think so, but I bet you anything the price will be a little bit higher. Oh, it'll be steep. I bet yeah. you anything, because that's a lot. I mean, you think of Disney's, like, catalog of movies. and oh, Dude. And, you know, like, you know, I don't own all the Pixar films, like, yeah, I'll pay for a service that I can watch any of those films any day. But, Word. you know, it just, yeah, it just depends on what you're paying for. And, um, you know, I'm curious about the DC streaming service. Like, you know, I, I've heard, you know, most of the DC animated movies are pretty reasonable. Like, I, I like watching those good, yeah. over the, like, the live action stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I, I, if I can find, you know, like Netflix is currently a place I can get some of that stuff and Hulu. So like some of these other platforms, I'm getting those. So I'm not, so depending on like where all that stuff is going to like, you know, it, for me, it would be pointless to get to invest in something like that if they're hosted somewhere else that I'm paying for. Yeah. So I think may, they might do what Disney might do. Like eventually when their contracts are up with these other distributors, I think they're going to take back those properties and fully host them on their services. So of course that'll be more of a reason for people to, to buy into the the service. Right. So, um, but I I don't know, man. Um, yeah, I was kind of like off put by the Titans thing. I mean, it looks, I mean, it looks like I'm curious, like I like the team Titans show. So like the animated stuff. So like, yeah. I don't know how well it's going to translate, and I'm. I'm it doesn't still look not, like it's being translated at all. It's like fit yeah. into this dark, gritty mold and do and nothing that, else. Like, and that's the thing. It's like uh, I think DC, um, with all their live action kind of shows and movies, I'm still looking for like that direction and vision, you know. And yeah, I feel they like haven't nailed it. I feel like Marvel is like. You know, they, you know, with Kevin Feige behind, every, you know, most of the films and, and with all the different directors they're bringing on, you know, they have, 
a coherent vision and Kevin Feige, Kevin Feige can confidently say, I have the next 20 films planned in the Marvel universe, you know, like that. And I would be fully behind that because of just yeah. their track record and how well they've been pushing out these films. And, um, you know, of course it's still like Disney Marvel. So, you know, it has, you know, they could probably go a little bit harder, <laughs> but you know, I mean, stakes are high in, in the latest films. Um, but you know, I think right now it's like, okay, we're getting a teen tight. We're getting like a Titans show, but like, you know, I'm kind of confused. Is this supposed to fit in the like universe? Is this supposed to be its own thing? Which I am kind of down with, you know, cause we talked about, um, uh, Joaquin Phoenix doing the Joker film. Yeah. And I am kind of down with separate, entities like shows that just kind of live and breathe on them on themselves. And I think they're kind of doing with like the CW stuff and like their movies, like it's obviously two different spectrums. Um, and they already have a different flash in their movies. So, you know, I'm, I'm down with that. At least, at least now it's like, okay, I can give it a chance or at least watch it. And like, you know, it, it might not add too much to the full big story of the other films, but at the same time, at least I can just take it as it is. I'm so So, sick of, you know, separate movies having to build up another movie or a different movie. Yeah, yeah. You know, I just, like, just make the fucking one and make it good, and then we'll talk about the next one. Like, when when a director comes out, oh, I have three films planned, blah, blah, blah. It's like, God, no. Like, just stop it. (laughs) Just fucking stop it. Just stop. Um, Because I, as soon as you say that, I'm like, he's overconfident, and I'm already going to find reasons not to like his shit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, what do you think of the like me. What'd you think of the Aquaman trailer? Um I didn't like it actually. I didn't think it was Jason Momoa. You know why he's excellent in Game of Thrones? Cuz he you doesn't say much, right? <laughs> Cuz he doesn't say fucking much, man. He can't deliver a line. He doesn't I don't buy any of his lines. Um, I think Amber Heard's wig is super red and terrible looking. Why can't they nail wigs, man? Like, I don't know. I don't know. It's fucking Hollywood, man. It's like you're paying big dollars for these, to make these movies. Dollar, dollar bill, y'all. Get Um, the right. I don't think the CGI looked very good, especially the scene where he's a little kid and he's looking at the shark and it breaks the glass. That looks so bad. But again, (laughs) it's a trailer and it's not finished, so I'll give it the benefit of the doubt. But... Um, the acting wasn't great. I'm not sold on, on pretty much any of it. Atlantis. I was, I felt like I was watching Gungar city. Like that's <laughs> really all it felt like to me. Um, and yeah, the whole thing just looks kind of cheap and not great. And they're, they're committing to the, uh, yeah, you know, him jumping out of the airplane and being the you know, adrenaline like, junkie, like, kind of like Aquaman. <laughs> And like that thing was that idea or personality was cool fifteen fucking years ago. It ain't cool now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's not. I don't know. It feels very backwards to me, especially his leather pants. Feels very nineties. <laughs> oh, I see. That's where you got the night. I was like nineties vibe. I was like, oh yeah, I can see that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, um, what are your thoughts on Aquaman? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'm not, unfortunately. I just have a sour taste from the past films. So that's why I'm not mm-hmm. like super stoked for it. Um, you know, I am, I remember watching, uh, like the animated flashpoint 
Paradox was it Flashpoint Paradox? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I and they do that. like you know they and some of the animated films they definitely dive into like Atlantis and you know like that kind of thing and um, it's cool in the animated series and I think that was the challenge I think what they probably had with this film is like how do you get these people to like act underwater and make it like yeah. believable and like you know not so you know cheap looking <laughs> so from what um, you've seen in the trailer do you think they they achieved that i don't know i it's hard to tell because it's like i feel like yeah this is our first glimpse i mean uh i I don't know i don't know how i feel about it because i you know like the jason momoa like yeah adrenaline junkie like i want them to break that mold and that's what i hope for with the movie because it's like well this is an aquaman movie we got to learn more about you know, he's trying to become king of this place and, you know, he's being called upon to defend it. Um, but like, will we get more of his backstory in it? Um, you know, and I guess they're going with like the, he was like, uh, he's like half human, right. And half Atlantean. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm curious to see that kind of play out and how that works out. But yeah, I don't know. Like they have, was it black Manta in it? And he kind of just got like a little glimpse in there. So yeah, I'm not really tiny. sure how he's, yeah, I'm not really sure how he's going to play, you know, maybe the, another trailer will come out and they'll kind of explain his part a little bit more, but, um, I don't know. I'm going to see it just to be like, all right, I saw Aquaman. I'm just yeah. like, I'm just like, I'm kind of sour on it. Cause dude, at this point I want to vote with my, do- with my dollar, dude. Like I don't need to see any of these movies and I, I missed Ant-Man and the Wasp. Not yeah. that. Like if I can miss a Marvel movie, I for sure as hell can miss a DC movie. You know oh, what yeah. I'm saying? And so. I'm just kind of, uh, yeah, I'm just kind of like there hasn't been a Batman. Like there's no Batman film in development. And you know what? Maybe like yeah, let's just there's run one its in course. Development, yeah, yeah, let's just run its course because maybe that might be you know. I'd rather like if anything have them just take the time to like get the right people behind a Batman film. Yeah. At well, least. it's going to be Matt Reeves. Uh, do you have oh. you seen the Planet of the Apes movies? I have not actually. I've only seen like the first one. He directed the second two. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I haven't um, seen two and those. Three. I heard they're pretty yeah. good though. I um, heard they're good too. But he directed those, and they gave him the Batman after Affleck dropped out. And I yeah. guess he'd been thinking about Jake Gyllenhaal, but I don't know. Oh, that's right. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's very, it's very tough. And then, uh, I guess transitioning to Shazam. Oh um, man. Yeah. That was very interesting. Cause the, I could see they're trying to change the tone up a little bit. And but yet it's still, they, they go out of their way to show that it exists in that same universe. Yeah. And that's where I was hoping it was. Uh, Cause I, you know, like kind of rumor around the bend was when it was, you know, kind of being, uh, put together, it was going to be kind of like, uh, maybe to de- to be determined, but it was kind of separate as of now. And then, you know, eventually maybe they'll find a way to kind of fill it in. But, you know, <laughs> I don't know, man. I-, I think if, if this Joker, if this Joaquin Phoenix Joker movie is fucking awesome and we can just take that movie as it is, I think DC might have to just look at that and just be like, maybe we might need- just need to like not do a universe and just have these separate, uh, titles. I, you know, I know Justice League is a staple of DC, um, but maybe that's maybe just do it like that, and you know, maybe get deeper into these characters. 
I wish without, they would. Yeah, without having to wa- you know wash them over with you know over like a couple films, you know. Yeah. So, I don't think um, they need to do a Joker movie, but I think the spirit of that, the you know fifty-five million dollar budget and going you know a completely off the rails route as to what you're probably expecting. Yeah, that's yeah. Probably the direction they should go because. DC characters are so iconic that you can put them in any time, place, setting, what have you, and they'll still work. Yeah. Um, so I think that's kind of exciting. Even though I don't want to see a Joker origin movie, I fine if like it takes us getting maybe Gotham by Gaslight someday. Yeah. You know. Okay. Then I guess it was worth it. Um, <laughs> but yeah. So I, I don't know. It's definitely. I'm uh, obviously. You know. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, after Justice League, I was like, oh god, like, not as excited. Um, you know, like I'm fucking excited for like Captain Marvel and you know Infinity War for next year because, you know, I'm invested in those characters and you know, again, it sucks to compare, but you know, Marvel had the good formula of like building these characters up so we can get invested in them, and then. Yeah do those team up movies and change up the lineups. And, you know, now they've already had a couple of Avengers films. So it's just like, you know, it's, it's, it's working. And I actually, I just saw Ant-Man and the Wasp. Uh, How was it? A couple days ago. Not that bad. It, it definitely was uh, quite similar to the first one as, as like kind of a heisty film. All right, um, cool. But it does dive a little bit more into uh, finding the original, original Wasp. So that was right really on. cool. It was like a that that was kind of the mission for the movie and right on. Um, Michelle Pfeiffer was it Michelle Pfeiffer? Don't spoil shit, motherfucker! I'll break. She's in a neck. flashback. She's in a flashback, dude. Dude, what did I just say? <laughs> sorry, sorry. The sorry. Fuck did I just say? Um, no, but you didn't tell I, me how she cameos. You uh, are you um, ending the podcast at one hundred and one? Is that what you're <laughs> trying to do? Spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I enjoyed it, dude. I saw it at this um, the Vista Theater in Hollywood. It's a pretty kind of classic old theater. Nice. And um, yeah, it was fun. I, I liked it. And then, and then of course, you know, no spoilers, but the after credit scene I would say gives you kind of an idea of where they're at in the timeline okay. compared to Infinity War. Don't, yeah, okay. All right. So that that's Very all good. I'm saying. Please, um, yeah. Because I was a little confused at like where is this happening when I first started the movie. Ah, where is this ah, happening? Ah, ah. So, anyways, um, anything else, dude, in the co- yes. Comic Con realm? So, um, two kind of more serious things. Uh, let's start with the. They're both bad, um, but the lesser, I guess, of two evils. James Gunn is was fired from um, Guardians of the Galaxy three by Disney over almost decade old tweets. Um, these were disgusting tweets. They were, uh, not funny, but they were jokes and that's all they fucking were. You have, um, you know, he does joke about rape. He jokes about pedophilia, like nothing funny. It's not funny, but especially in this, this, um, in the current light of, you know, what's going on. Yeah. But these jokes were made, seven to 10 years ago, 
right? Um, but you, but they're clearly jokes. And you've got people like Ted Cruz saying, um, I'm glad they fired him. And, you know, there's going to be a lawsuit if these are real. Dude, do you not understand? If you don't understand what a joke is, how do you hold a position of power if you can't under- discern humor from reality? Like, that's oh, scary yeah. in and of itself. Um, so, I don't know. I, I think Disney acted very prematurely. I think... As as good as this whole movement has been, Time's Up, Me Too, whatever you want to call it, um, there has been a tendency, at least in the press, to go 100% or 0%. If yeah. someone is accused of looking at someone for too long, I feel like they're held sometimes in the same regard as Harvey Weinstein. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, there's a whole expose on Morgan Freeman, and like, yeah, like doesn't sound like the most comfortable work environment, but he's also, he didn't, well, no, he gave a girl a massage, but for the most part, it was just, no, he would look at me for a long time. Okay. Like that sucks. And I, that should not happen, but that's also not Harvey Weinstein, like literally forcing himself on you or, you know, locking you in a room or, you know, that kind of thing. So there's levels, there's degrees to this thing, right? Yeah. Um, so, you know, James Gunn's crimes, I mean, I'm sorry, if you go through any comedian's Twitter account, you're going to dig up some shit. Shit, yeah. And, I mean, we've been best friends for how long? I mean, did you think of me when he's like, you know, sometimes I just say things to be kind of shocking and, you know, <laughs> kind of be... It's like, fuck. Yeah. Like, as, soon as, as soon as I read that news, uh, Christine looked at me. She's like, if anyone ever goes through your shit, you're fucked. You're just fucked. I was like, I know. Um, So I, I think they should hire him back. I, I think, yeah, you know, it's, it's because it's, you look at, okay, you look at those tweets, fine. But you look at his actions. He's a good dude. He cares about people. He cares about animals. He is constantly defending other artists online against trolls and fucking internet bullies and shit. He's a very good proponent for peace and love. Like, Disney has and, the opportunity here to stand by a dude who's made them literally billions of dollars and have mm-hmm. an adult fucking conversation about this movement and about, okay, yes, that was wrong, but it doesn't warrant him losing his agents and getting fired and all of it. You know, yeah. there's, there is, there is degrees of this shit. Yeah. It's been very and, black and white, you know, as far as, yeah. you know, how these things happen. And, you know, I know sometimes it's the press that kind of builds it up, but you know, it's tough because, you know, like Disney is such a, um, you know, it's a family oriented company. And I, I can see why they probably, you know, prematurely did that without even kind of discussing, you know, that that's uh but I mean, at the same time, you know, this guy, yeah, he has been part of their, this, uh, you know, their filmmaking and, and, you know, as far as something that, I mean, that's just so long ago, man. And like, you know, and it, it's like, it's fucking tw- uh, Twitter, right? It was just Twitter, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, exercise your freedom of speech, man. You know, like, right. I, I don't... First Amendment. You know? He don't mean shit anymore. Yeah, it sh- uh, doesn't mean shit anymore, man. Um, yeah. And it's just unfortunate, like, you know, he, you know, that association with those tweets and, you know, I think Disney... The, the family Disney, you know, like, every, you know, everything's cool with children. You know, that's, that's, you know, I think why they put their foot down on that. But I, I do agree with you. I think it was premature and I, I think it could have been handled 
uh, more as far as Disney kind of owning up a little bit and yeah. standing behind their, you know, their directors and the people they've been making movies with. And, um, oh, they stood behind him. All right. Yeah. Not in the, yeah. not in the way he was, he needed not in the way you think. You think yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, we'll have to see how that pans out. You know, I, I there's some, I think, you know, actors and celebrities coming forward and, and kind of defending, you know, kind of standing by James Gunn, which I think is is pretty, uh, pretty you know, in good taste. And I, I think, you know, yeah. that just shows people really support the person he is. And, you know, he's been, you know, such an influence on, I mean, Guardians of the Galaxy was, you know, I thought, you know, I really enjoyed those films. And, you know, it has the James Gunn stamp on it. And yeah, yeah. Now it's like you know I don't even know if I want to watch a third Guardians of the Galaxy without him. You know, exactly part of the project. So um, that could actually, I think they're doing way more harm to themselves than yeah. I'm thinking about it now. Any yeah. type of situation. This would have been one news cycle, and it would have been over. Yeah. Now so, it's a movement in the other yeah. direction. Oh man. So, so that, that is kind of a tricky one with a lot of the stuff that's going on because you know there's accusations being like the, I always go back to the Chris Hardwick, uh, accusations, which I, I don't even know what's coming. I don't even know what's happening with all that, but like, yeah. you know, he got accused and immediately he was let go from his show and all this stuff. And, you know, it's a reputation thing, you know, obviously this stuff is being, you know, this guy's being called out on all this stuff and, you know, they don't want to be associated with, associated with someone even, you know, either good or bad. And that, you know, that's just sucks because it's not like there's no judge, you know, there's no like, you know, kind trial. of uh, trial and and just trying to get some more information. And I feel like I think with Chris Hardwick, I think like two of his ex girlfriends came forward and they were they were kind of uh, positively, you know, kind of um, you know saying some good, yes, yeah, saying good things about him. And then of course his wife was fully supportive. So it's just like it's so weird because and it sucks because in our minds when we read this stuff, we're just like you know sometimes we're immediately oh my god like you know just for the the rapid wave of all, you know, all these kind of thing, you know, all these people coming to light and all these abusive, um, uh, interactions either in the past or, you know, recently it, it just sucks. Cause like, it's, it's kind of weird now. It's like gotten this thing where it's like, you hear a name and the, you know, the press line, it's this it being abused and you know, whatnot. And, and then immediately, you know, some people will just be like, all right, like this is how I feel about him now. Um, and there's just no like trial and you know, there's just nothing to really back everything up yet. You know, it's true. And I'm not, although I'm I will not, say with Chris Hardwick, I, I believe it. I, I don't know something about, I get vibes and I believe it. <laughs> yeah. And it, it just sucks. Cause you know, it's just going to be, it's, you know, we'll have to see, you know, what comes of all that. Um, yeah. And you know, sometimes it's kind of up to us to, you know, to re- really kind of, you know, do we want to still be, you know, see this person as the idol we see him as or? Well, um, nobody should be an idol. I think that's the first problem, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, because every, you know, yeah, they make lots of money. They're on TV, but they're just, they're the same, the same fuck ups we all are. Same people, yeah. You know, um, so, they just have more power and access, which is the harmful part. Right? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I so, don't know. I, I think hopefully... Uh, moving forward, m- you know, I hope that either James Gunn 
gets enough back, you know, people will back him up and, you know, something will kind of trigger, you know, Disney to be like, maybe we did make a mistake here or, you know, at least something more of, you know, yeah. I just feel like yeah. he just got shot in the foot, man. He just really got, you know, it's, it's unfortunate. Shot through the heart. You yeah, yeah, it's yeah. unfortunate. Um, so hopefully soon, our, you know, we can mellow the fuck out and actually have a dialogue <laughs> about this stuff and realize yeah. that there is gray. Um, but yeah, and then last last bit of news before we get to our list tonight. Very sad um, to announce um, from Collider, John Schnepp uh, passed away after a catastrophic stroke. Um, he was admitted to the hospital July 12th and he passed away on the 20th. Um, so I'm still really just bummed out thinking about Same, it, you know, man. watching Same. Clyder for a few years and he's always, you know, kind of a voice of reason. He's, I didn't realize, you know, I thought he was like in his late thirties, early forties, he was 51. So, um, I can only imagine the dudes on that show looked up to him and really respected his opinion. And, um, yeah, it's such a loss. It's a bummer. He he was the king of sweaties, as he would say from the yeah, from his yeah. hero show. And uh, yeah, I, I am a follow. I followed Collider, um, and actually before they were before the Collider movie talk and that channel kind of started, they were uh, AMC movie talk, and so right. yeah, that's how I kind of found him. But we- weirdly enough, I didn't. You know, I kind of. I think that's what was cool about kind of see- watching those. Um, movie talk and discussion panels is uh, kind of get li- like to, to know a little bit more about him. And, you know, I found out he was the creator of some of, you know, the Metalocalypse characters, um, which is an adult swim show about this heavy metal band touring. It, it was the most bizarre show I, I saw, but I could totally <laughs> see his like humor and kind of like, you know, his vision through that. And, um, and then he did that um, documentary death of Superman lives. So um, good. Which I haven't seen yet, so I really want to watch what? that. Yeah, I think dude. it's on Hulu. Um, I I might have to watch that. Um, Showtime. It's really I, good. I feel you, dude. I, I've been it kind of in a rut this week uh, yeah. because of it. Because it, it was so strange, man. I I watch the hero show he he's on every week, man, and like. And then, uh, you know, they, they heard news of him being in the hospital and John Roca, one of the other hosts came on and, um, he, you know, he did a good job at the show and, uh, it was so strange not to see him on the show and, and he just brings so much like joy and delight, I feel to the panels and the discussion and, and he's a true nerd. I mean, he, he, and he loves comic books and, you know, he, enjoys the creative side of it too. Cause he is a creator himself yeah. and uh, it really bummed me out because I, I just, I think that's why I still enjoy watching that channel is because of John Schnepp because of his, his kind of attitude and how excited he gets for, you know, news and, and you know, especially with comic books and, um, and I actually had a chance to meet him. Uh, I met him at WonderCon. I think, I don't know if that oh, was man. one we went to or no, I, I, it was, I think it was one I went to down in LA. It was like two years ago and it was just one of the most moments where I was just walking, you know, down the, you know, the aisles and I just saw him at the corner of my eye and I just had to say, 
hi to him. Like, you know, oh, I was man. like, dude, I watch your show and, you know, and I think it was when Batman versus Superman was coming out <laughs> and it was like the, when the reviews were coming out. So I was like, yo, what do you think about Batman versus Superman? And he was like, yo, watch my review on, you know, like it's going to air on this day. So like you, you'll, you'll know exactly what, what I'm, you know, have to say about it. And, uh, so it was cool. Like, to meet him and like, you know, just have a quick moment with him. And, you know, um, it seemed like he was a really nice guy. And, yeah. uh, it, from all the collider, I just watched a video today on just kind of, uh, kind of, a um, uh, a remembrance of, you know, John Schnapp and just kind of like how the, a lot of the cast members and, and his, uh, his friends and family kind of remembered him. And, um, it was really touching because, you know, I, a lot of that, collider um team you know a lot of them have been around snap for the longest time i feel they've all worked together for a couple years now so it it seemed for me it's kind of like that collider family so it's 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 so heartbreaking you know i'm sure it's been very heartbreaking for his wife and and um you know the rest of his friends and family so um yeah yeah, man so i'm i am definitely uh definitely heartbroken from all that so Thoughts yeah. and prayers to, you know, him and his family. And, Absolutely. Um, you know, I, I I am definitely going to dig it a little bit deeper into John Schnepp's uh, background of, you know, because, you know, Metalocalypse, the documentary he made, and apparently he d- he was involved in a lot of, like, music videos. and um, Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. So it's just, it's really cool. And it's just like, I want to, I want to know more about this guy. You know, I really want to, you know, really understand yeah. him. So, um, yeah. Oh, pouring one out for, uh, for John Schnapp. So that's right. Mm-hmm. Cheers, sir. Um, with all that said, it's time for some lists. We're going we're yeah. to crank the volume up a bit. Shawnee, um, would you like to go first? Would you like me to go first this week? Uh, Joe, you go first. All right. Um, so I watched a documentary on uh, Saturday on HBO Ooh. called uh, Robin Williams' Come Inside My Mind. Oh, I, I saw a trailer for this. It was yes. hilarious, but it was heartbreaking. Um after his his passing, man, I went into a very deep funk for like a, for a while. Um, yeah. But watching this, it was very life affirming. Just seeing like, you know, all the good that he did, and you know what a wonderful life that he had, and um, how he just never felt secure in his craft, and you know that he was always trying to be better and you know do more. Um, it got me thinking about Ron Williams movies, so. Shawnee, what are your top five favorite Robin Williams movies? Man. Uh, Man. I'm going to go number five, Jumanji. Ooh. Uh, One, (laughs) I just remember it's interesting to take uh, a grown man and just kind of throw him in the wilderness and then have him come back to the modern day and just kind of try to adapt to this whole thing. But it was, it was, it was definitely a fun ride. And, and it, and the movie, you know, it, he, it showed a little bit of his humor, his comedic side. It showed a little bit of his dramatic side as far as, you know, connecting with the two, uh, 
the two uh, kid characters. I think Kristen Dunst was one of them. When I remember, that's right. When she was like young, Fuck, I forgot about young. that. Yeah. Um, and you know, the, there's like that moment where he had this kind of broken relationship with his father. So it it encompassed a lot of different kind of themes in there. And I thought he uh, mostly as a comedic, you know, a comedian as a comedic um, actor. You know, I thought it was a interesting film when you kind of peel back the layers. You're like, oh man, like this, it's pretty deep. Like he, you know, he pretty much let, he, you know, left his life pretty much. He lived his life in this place and then he came back and, you know, he knows that his father's gone and like, it's crazy. Like there's those moments in the film where you're like, wow, he, like, it's real. Like it's really, you know, he's yeah. not in, he, he doesn't have his family anymore and he, but he finds a way to kind of have his own family in a way or form. So, um, but uh, I think it, it did, Funny enough, even though Jumanji, I feel like a lot of people associate it with kind of comedy and it's kind of wacky and whatnot, uh, did kind of peel back the layers and, and kind of showed the range of what Robin Williams can do. Totally. So, um, so that's number five. Uh, I'm going to go number four. I'm going to go Good Morning Vietnam. Very nice. Good Morning Vietnam. Such uh, a good movie, dude. It is. And it's it's great because it's, you know, I mean, Ron Williams playing a radio personality and, and especially at Vietnam. And, you know, that's, you know, that was such a pinnacle time, you know, as far as radio and, and being able to, to, to communicate to the masses and especially during a, a time of war. Um, and it's just so emotional. And there's, you know, there's a lot of, you know, connections with um you know the the vietnam war and the military and kind of that brotherhood and and using you know uh his radio personality to kind of bring a little bit more light into the war um no matter how terrible and how you know violent it was and dra- you know kind of you know yeah. especially soldiers being away from home and all that stuff so um it's another one i have to kind of watch again to you know i'm trying to remember some specific scenes but um Scene it's, where uh, the like caravan of dudes like pull up and they're all like, "Come on, come on, just play," for, you know, say something. And oh, he finally yeah. he kind of gets up and does like a stand-up routine. And I remember that. Them. Yeah. Uh, oh, I love that like scene. That is, yeah, I love that scene. Shit like that is just so good. And it's great because I feel like I, I don't, I'm I'm not really sure if he did this in his career, but I feel like you know he's probably done that as far as go out and and you know share his humor with people who serve in the military or who are part of, you know, he did a USO tour. He might've done more than one. Ooh, see, Uh, I think that's, and that's what's uh, something I admire about him then as far as, you know, being able to again, break that wall. And, you know, especially during times of war and, and, you know, there's a lot of negative kind of themes that go with it. So um, to balance that with kind of his humor and, and his kind of lightheartedness throughout the film was very interesting. So that's my number four. I like it. Uh, man. Number three. This is getting, this is getting interesting. I'm trying to think of other. <laughs> bloody hell, man. Uh, I'm trying to think of like. The not. Let's see. I'm gonna. T- I'm, gonna to, I'm gonna have to type in some films here because. Um. I mean, I'm gonna go. For me, number one will always be Mrs. Doubtfire. Nice. Um. One. It's the. It's one of the earliest Robin Williams movies I remember as a kid. 
and um, it's just it's and when you think about it, it's kind of a creepy story. It's like oh, it's very creepy. Dad who's going through a divorce and he dresses he cross dresses as uh, a nanny, a British nanny, to like get to know his kids more, <laughs> which is kind of funny, but. Again, it's uh, at some of the heart of some of these, you know, some of his films are really like deeply rooted in like, you know, he's trying to build relationships and with his kids and he's, you know, he's trying, he's going to great lengths to try to save his marriage and save his, his family pretty much in the midst of cross-dressing as a British (laughs) nanny, which is the, the, I think the most entertaining part of the whole film and, you know, there's uh, There's some cool scenes in there. It's you know it's set in San Francisco. So it's you know the city we're from. North Beach, North yeah North Pierce Beach. Pierce Brosnan's area. in it. James Bond. Yeah. Oh my god, so. dude. Yeah, Pierce Brosnan being just as handsome as hell in the movie. Yeah. Um, so good. But it's just one I remember the most uh, from him, and uh, it's just again it's that com- good combination of that like the heartfelt versus the very kind of you know, wacky humor that he usually has. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I think I always, if it's on TV, I always watch it. You know, it's, it's one I can thoroughly enjoy through and throughout, nice. no matter if you know what's coming or not. Um, so that's my number one for sure. Um, All right. not going to let you change it. Uh, at the same time. I mean, number two, it's would too be late, a, Shawnee. Number two would be Aladdin because nice. I cannot. I, I know they're coming out with the Aladdin movie, and I think uh, Will Smith is going to be the genie in this one. Yeah, boo. Which I mean, you know, whatever. I will always see the genie as Robin Williams, but not yeah. Robin Williams. It, he is the genie. It's he is that character. You know, he's so good, and I know it's funny because he has some of the little like. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like the little quips that Robin Williams does, you know what I mean? It's like so, mannerisms and yeah, it's so Robin Williams. It's so him. And yeah. but at the same time, he really took that character and, and made it obviously a point where, you know, you think of genies and, you know, I'm sure like in kind of older, you know, versions of that kind of type of character, it's usually kind of an ancient one who's, you know, a, kind of a godlike character who's more, you know, powerful than the hum- the puny little human. And he ends up being like Aladdin's best friend, you know, throughout the film. And, and really he, be- because of that, you know, that, that bond they have, you know, Aladdin eventually wins his freedom and it's just such a good moment. And there's just uh, like the musical numbers he does. And, and it's just like, it's so memorable. It's such a memorable performance. Like if you didn't, if you didn't have the genie and, and Robin Williams playing the genie in that film, I don't think it would be the same experience, I think. Yeah. And it probably wouldn't be one of my favorite Disney films because of that. Um, his, his vocal work in that. I mean, it's basically Robin Williams stand up animated. Yeah. Oh yeah, dude. Which, yeah, that's why it ranks so high on my list. Yeah, uh, you know that. Yeah, that's definitely oh, that's so hard, man. That's like one and two switching back and forth. I think no switchies, no switchies. Uh, and then I think I'm on three, and then I said four already. So three, yeah. I'm gonna go with. It's kind of tough because I know Goodwill Hunting. I I just I can't remember that movie enough. I think Goodwill Hunting. I need to see that again. And His I know it's parts in her sleep. It's yeah, it's definitely That's, it's definitely high up there. Oh, looking through your you're in a lot of movies, dude. Um 
You know, I'm going to say... I'm going to say... I'm going to say Hook. Ooh, I had a feeling it was going to be on your list. Yeah, it, it was definitely... That or Night at the Museum. No, no, no. <laughs> as much as, uh, you know... I mean, it's... it's it was... Let's say it's it's a fun kids movie. You know, you can watch it and you know have your fun. But uh, same for I guess for Hook. It, you know, even though it was in set in that Peter Pan, you know, uh, you know, um, what do you call it, Peter Pan world. Um, yeah. It was interesting to see him pl- uh, take on Hook and and take on the captain and be uh, Peter Pan and and it was uh, it's definitely a different rendition that we you know compared to some of the other kind of renditions of Peter Pan being such a young child and, and whatnot. And, it, you know, I always kind of, in, I always was curious and interested in the mythos of like Peter Pan and like, you know, how is he, you know, he li- they live on this Island and they're all like lost boys and, you know, all this kind of, uh, you know, it's kind of an interesting concept. Um, but yeah, there's just, you know, for me, it's, it's a fun movie, you know, it's just, you know, as far as that, that's what, what's memorable for me and, all the different um, Lost Boy or Lost Boys. I can't. I don't know if that's the name for. Is that? I think that's right. Right. Lost Boys. Right. I think is. Uh, I think so. Is the name of the. Oh God. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 That's right. I'm gonna get butchered for all this, but. Um, but yeah, that, that's a, a very different take on the Peter Pan story, and I think that was kind of interesting, and for him to play again, squeeze in some of his humor to squeeze in some of that dramatic side of him. Um, now thinking about it, a lot of Robin Williams films were very, I know he went full like dramatic on some of them, like one hour photo, like that was pretty God, intense. one hour photo, man. Yeah. That was very intense. Um, I have to rewatch that one. But, Did you ever see world's uh, greatest dad? No, but you, I remember you were telling me about like how it was, oh, it was kind hilarious. Of dark comedy. So incredibly right? dark. His son is a fucking asshole, which they make him an asshole. So you won't feel bad for when he dies. Um, Spoiler. The son... Yeah, sorry. Well, this is the premise. So, uh, the son hangs himself whilst masturbating. Accidentally dies, right? So, Ron Williams finds his son with his pants off and hung and all that. So, Ron Williams is a failed novelist. And he's like a high school English teacher. So, he writes his son's suicide note. And the suicide notes gets like all this praise people think it's life affirming and like oh. it makes him famous so that's the premise of the movie um is he writes his son's suicide note and then can't take credit for it it's dark oh, and it is man. hilarious i might have to uh, uh, wow i have to watch that now <laughs> yeah it's good it's really good um oh, man yeah i was surprised because later robin williams stuff wasn't always great yeah, yeah. Um, I, I know one hour photo. That was kind of a creepy one. It was right. He same same so, same vein as like insomnia. Yeah, and maybe that's why that's one I probably remember the uh, the most too, just because of that difference. And I, I would compare him kind of like um, who's a good example of an actor. I, I feel like we've talked about him before. Um, the man. I, uh, at, like Adam Sandler, like, you know, we, we had our Adam Sandler list the other week and, you know, he was able throughout his career to take on a lot of very, you know, obviously his kind of raunchy humor, you know, comedy, but also take on these kind of ser- more serious roles, which I think 
uh, I'm always interested to see because you're always associating that actor with, you know, whatever their kind of, uh, their main kind of, uh, you know, trade is or what their main kind of um, genre is. And so right. it, it is definitely interesting to see. Oh, fuck. I forgot about Destus Smoochie. <laughs> You're Damn. already at five, motherfucker. I already have five. <laughs> I know that's probably on your list, though. So uh, It's high up there, yeah. It's high up there, yeah. Fucking yeah. Destus Smoochie. And that, that movie, actually, uh, I didn't know about until you told me about it. And I think we watched it a couple times <laughs> together. So, Joe, what are your top five Robin Williams films? Uh, well, number five, I'm going to go Good Will Hunting. It's the one he won an Academy Award for, and he's really fucking great in it. He's super low-key. It's not what you would expect from Robin Williams. Yeah. Um, but he has so much heart, and he's one of those wise old man characters that you just love him, you know? Um, so that's number five. Number four, Good Morning Vietnam. For all the reasons you named and for everything we already talked about, it's, you know... That scene where he basically just does stand up for the GIs while they're waiting for their truck to move is probably like that combined with all of, I mean, you, you get to see his mind at work on like the purest level. It's just him in front of a fucking microphone and he just goes and he does not stop and it's It's beautiful. It's wonderful. And it's kind of scary. (laughs) Um, but yeah, number three, Mrs. Doubtfire. Um, he, you know, the as I watch this movie like later in life, I like as a movie it doesn't always work for me, but his performance always does. You yeah, know, like doesn't matter what else is going on in the movie, he is fucking phenomenal, <laughs> and it helps that he's the main character and is in almost every single scene. Yeah. Um, number two, Death to Smoochie is another really dark, dark fucking movie. It was in my top five for a very long time. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't. Him and Edward Norton and uh, Danny DeVito and Catherine Keener. Um, hey. It is a weird, really fucked up movie, and it is awesome. It is hilarious. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't really even know what to exactly or how to describe it. He plays a demented, um, obsessed. Uh, children's performer who just wants to get his job back no matter what. No matter what, yeah. He's frightening. He's seriously frightening in this movie, but so fucking funny. Um, And then number one, Aladdin, dude. Yeah. I don't think you can beat Aladdin. Um, It's, like I said, it's it's Robin Williams animated. Like, fuck, say no more. Because the man was a living cartoon character. Um, And when he passed away, that's what I threw on. I threw on Aladdin and that last scene where Jeannie, you're free and the bracelets come off and he's like, I'm free. I'm free. free. Dude, I'm going to cry right now talking about it. And he like <laughs> circles around the castle and he hugs Al and he's like so happy. He's crying. I'm just like, fuck man. Like it's a well-deserved I'm, moment too in the film. It you know, like, is. It really leads to that. Like he has that bond with Aladdin, and yeah, um, and you know, and Aladdin notices. He's like, I, I really want to do this for him because that's you know he's been so uh, welcoming and and good to me. You know. Yeah. So. Oh man. So yeah, that moment. I just 
burst out into fucking tears. Like I'll <laughs> never forget it sitting in my old apartment and just like losing it. And, uh, it's, we, we, it's, it's a great loss that we have, uh, you know, it's big hole, big void. So, um, I'll have Rob to check Williams. out the, uh, the, that documentary on HBO. It's really good, dude. It's really good. I think, I think uh-huh. I actually, I saw a trailer for it last time I was, I was watching something on HBO and you know how they just play like a little trailer before. I do. So, I do. Yeah. I got, I got, re- uh, really excited to just, you know, just watch it and, and, you know, I feel like, you know, especially growing up in that, you know, in the nineties and, and, uh, and also, I mean, this, his up too. I, I mean, I was introduced actually mostly huh. to, uh, Ron Williams standup through you too, as well, man. Like, his stand-up was so, so good, man. And it was so good. Ju- just like uh, some of his films, he's firing on all fours, man. He's just going yeah. and going yeah. and going. And it's just very topical and it's it's outrageous. And it and when you tr- realize, like, he had practiced all that material and, like, his managers and people are like, yeah, he went up there and just did 20 minutes of completely just off-the-cuff yeah. Like, you know, and, and 25% of the show is just random. Dude, like, that's what's so good about him. He's so seamless and and engaging. And since he's at like 100 most of the the show or, you know, whenever he does comedy, it's it's like I'm fully there. Like I'm always yeah. like in, invested in what he's saying. And, uh, and I don't know how he did. I mean, talking for that, you know, just going like 100% on everything and like – how do you, I would feel exhausted if I could, if I did something like that as a comedian, you know? Well, you know, they Um, talk about that, like how he would like come down after the show and like that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, it's really worth the watch. What what was the one, uh, a night at the Met? Is that the, that was one of the one from the eighties from the eighties. I highly recommend that one listeners. That one's so good. So good. I I used to listen Um, to that actually. Like I remember you burnt me, I think you burnt me a CD of that. Yeah, probably. Uh, and I used to listen to that, like, you know, like before I would go to bed or something. You know, I used to listen to like music <laughs> or something. But I used to listen to that just like on. I would just play it from you know front to back and and just laugh in my like in my bed <laughs> before I go to sleep. It's really good. It's it's fucking insane. It's good, and it makes you th- right. it makes you think. You know, like his stand up. You know, I know a lot of his movies. You know. If, define like his career but you know his it was truly like his stand-up and yeah and you know how he presented himself that way and his opinions on things and how he you know talked about those things in front of people without any without any restraint you know and i always felt like that's what's so uh so um great and important about comedy in that way is it's definitely your, you know, it's your, your chance to, to express yourself in that way and, and tell people how you feel no matter how, you know, fucked up it is or you know, raunchy it is or, or, you know, well, cause chances are you're not the only person you were not the only person feeling that way or yeah. having those thoughts or, or, or whatever. And that's, you know, obviously he was a very troubled soul. You yeah. Know, you look at him, and the dude's not comfortable in his own skin. And the fact that he was able to take that pain and that suffering, if you will, and turn it into 
you know, four kids in a dorm room whose jaws hurt from laughing so fucking hard. <laughs> and I'll never forget that night, you know, where, oh, we smoked a bunch of pot and ate a bunch of chocolate and pizza and watched Robin Williams. Like, yes, I'll never forget yeah. that. <laughs> like, oh, you know, <laughs> and, and that, that all came from one man. Yeah. And his fears and doubts and, and all of it and him turning it into a gift for, for us, for, we didn't ask for it. We didn't deserve it, but he, he gave it to us. So, um, yeah. Yes. Getting that deep, was, man. Getting that was so a, a great deep. list, Joe, because um, I feel like, you know, we, Robin Williams has definitely been a part of our lives as far as, you know, experiencing yeah. his comedy and his, his humor. And, uh, you know... It's it's important to recognize those you know he he was such an influ- I feel like an influential person elsewhere you know either in the oh, comedy yeah. world or or you know outside of that so absolutely dope well, fucking a fucking Johnny you got a list for me sir yeah this this one's kind of it's kind of a different one it's not really a countdown but it's it's kind All of right. like uh uh assemble your top five so uh. Avengers Assemble. Assemble. Um, yeah. Well, I want you to assemble your top five uh, musicians in your in your top in your super band group or your your uh, super group. Oh um, lordy! And I mean, I should have. I I told you this off air beforehand. You did. I don't know Gave if I told you. Up. I can I can make an exception. It could be living or. Uh, or dead. Okay. Even though I do the, have some dead ones on here. Yeah, the list I made was just currently living, but I I, I, I gave you a chance to kind of think about it, so I'll I will, I'll, let, I'll let you say that one. So it's all good. Okay. Yeah, and you know what? Even with the lead up to you, you told me this what maybe a week ago, and I've been thinking about it, and I still like, I'm still not happy with my list. But anyway, <laughs> here we go. Um, number five, Paul McCartney. Why Paul McCartney? You've got, he. I mean, I think musically, instrumentally, he's probably the best Beatle. He can do drums. He can do bass. He can do guitar. Yeah. Um, he's a good songwriter. He's a good singer. He understands harmony. So I'm thinking not so much as this band playing live, but going into the studio and making a kick-ass record. Um, so you'd want Paul on your team. And really, I just want to assemble good songwriters. Yeah. Um, number four... Speaking of songwriters, I want Alex Turner in there. Um, I would love to see Alex Turner and Paul McCartney work together. I think that would be amazing. Um, But, I mean, you've also got an Alex Turner, a lead guitarist. He's very good. Um, Uh He's got kind of a funky, different sound. Musically, he's open to a lot more things. You know, Paul's open to a lot of stuff. Alex is open to a lot of stuff. Um, so I think that'd be really cool. And he just recently learned how to play a little bit of piano, but Paul is, could probably do circles around him there. Um, <laughs> number three, Dave Grohl, because you need someone who, again, can jump on drums, can jump, jump on bass, can jump on whatever when needed. So um, I like having these versatile musicians in there too. I, oh, cool. Yeah, no, you play this on that track. I'll do this one, you know. I like um, how you, you made Dave Grohl not like the lead guy because he is the currently the lead singer of Foo Fighters. Right. But you and use... as a lead singer, I like him, but he wouldn't make this. Li- I like that he's a versatile guy. You know, he's yeah. your monkey wrench. I like that. Wink, wink. I, like, I do like that. Uh, he's a Swiss Army man. 
right? Definitely. It's your Swiss Army knife of the band. Um, number two, Joe Strummer. Because oh, I want, dude. that's the rhythm guitar that I want. I debated between him and Johnny Ramone, but Joe Strummer, you not only get guitar, you get the songwriting, you get the voice, you get Joe Strummer's fucking voice. Um, so yeah, Joe Strummer. And number one, which I don't know how he would work in a band. Okay. Although he did take over, uh, he, he didn't kick out Tom Petty, but the Heartbreakers played behind him on an album, and it was pretty damn successful. So Johnny Cash is my number one. Ah. Um, and what I don't know, I was thinking about Johnny Cash and Joe Strummer, you know, their duet for um, Redemption Song, and yeah. man, I would have loved to have have heard them more, make more music together. Um, so I think I don't know how how well that band would gel together. I really don't, but. I think you've got a lot of good songwriters there, and um, they could come up with something really fucking interesting. So I really like that. That's a cool uh, list, dude. Because it's like, thank you. You know, you're taking kind of the other facets of those particular musicians, uh, especially. I think most of them are like vocalists, right? So like, yeah, you know, yeah. It's, everyone it's could interesting. jump on the track. Yeah, dude killer killer gang vocals like have some great harmonies on that like i i do like the alex turner paul mccartney combo there something that's pretty cool they should release Um, a little 45 or something dude (laughs) yeah they'll have like a little like single together and then sweet oh that's kind of cool dude i i um now i'm thinking i'm gonna add some since we uh we changed it up. I'm going to add... So I have Dave Grohl on there. Right on. Uh, on guitar, but I put backing vocals. I, I don't want him to be the lead singer in the band. Okay. Um, or he can be kind of like... Um, what's that called? Like the... Uh, of Mice and... Is it of, of Monsters? Of Mice and Men? Of Monsters and Men? That that folk band, they, they, you know, they do like kind of a back and forth like female vocalist and male vocalist thing. Oh, so, I don't know. Maybe a supporting <laughs> vocalist, like okay. yeah, just someone who is not just like he's not the main um, singer. Uh, lead was it like uh, lead singer, you know, or frontman yeah. of the band? Yeah. And uh, of course, now I see as a multifaceted player, I could see him switching out for my drummer, which I have Matt Helders from uh, the Arctic Monkeys. Very nice. And you'll like this. I actually, I got, I got a little duo here. I got Matt Helders and Nick O'Malley from the Arctic Monkeys Ooh. on bass. Cause he is a really I kick ass bassist, dude, I, I freaking love the rhythm section on the Arctic Monkeys. And I feel like they play so well together and you know, they already play in the Arctic Monkeys together. True. Um, and so I think as far as you got to have the solid drummer and bass, you know, you got to have those two nailed down as far yeah. as like them gelling together. Cause they are the backbone of the, of how they perform and, and play the songs. So I, I had to, I was like, you know what? I, I have to do it. I have to pick those two guys for it. So I have, uh, that's three so far. I'm going to go, I'm going to pull, I'm going to raise someone from the dead here. I got, of course I'm a huge Jimi Hendrix fan and you need a shredder sure, on your, on your, <laughs> on your, on your inner band. And I think it would be cool to take, obviously he's a man of the sixties and kind of infuse that with, you know, kind of the current, you know, the music that this band might create. 
So it is kind of cool bringing, you know, some of these, uh, these uh, musicians who have passed because, you know, they passed during whatever time they were, you know, very prominent in. Um, their sound is frozen. Their sound, yeah, their sound is kind of captured in that. And so you kind of have that sound. You, and, you know, obviously this, these bands that we're hypothetically making are, you know, kind of fusion bands. Like, you know, we're, they're taking kind of the best of worlds from, you know, what their background is. And, um, you know, as far as uh, someone who can, pl- you know, play some amazing guitar and, and lead and also maybe contribute to the songwriting too as well. And have that that soulful backing, you know, voice on there, uh, be really cool. Um, Let me guess here. Number one is Tom DeLong. I, I actually don't have any of the Blink guys on here. <laughs> um, if I if I had a choice, maybe Mark Hoppus on bass. Right on. Because uh, he's just fun. He's just a fun just dude to like. The way you're describing it as like a super group, I was thinking of Angels and Airwaves. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> I could see that. Um, but mine actually, so my last member is someone that I've been listening to recently and I'm going to put her as a lead vocalist. So the, the lead standout, uh, vocalist for the track and, or for the band. And this girl's, her name is Napalm. That's her stage name, Napalm. And Napalm. she plays, na- Napalm. Uh, and she plays for a band called Hiatus Coyote, which I've been like super into the last two years. Um, and I'm actually going to see, I actually, they're only playing like weirdly enough, two shows in the United States, in California. And I'm going to see them in October. So I'm super stoked for that. Right on. But, um, if you guys ever check out Hiatus Coyote, I mean, her voice is like just so smooth and she's a guitar player too, as well. Um, I might not have her play guitar in this band because we already got Hendrix kind of doing this thing and Dave Grohl playing some rhythm. Um, but if, you know, she's amazing, uh, as a musician, she's very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, very like cultured and and very educated. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like she has a good grasp on, on creating some songs, but also outside of kind of the normal, uh, you know, realm of what, you know, like rock, let's just say rock music or pop music. You know, she, she can definitely, she'll definitely add that different twist to the band that, that different element that will like hybrid everything together and gel everything together. And, um, yeah. And she's, I don't know. I'm like kind of like, obsessed with her or like I have like a crush on her because just she's like uh she's just cool man she plays guitar and and is a killer vocalist and um seems very active with uh you know playing and writing so that's um, awesome and the, yeah I was I was it was interesting it was hard it, when you think about some of the people we picked right like they're mainly s- like solo artists or you know they're part they're the, the lead singer or guitar player of the band. So it is interesting to take these different like egos and like different, you know, like kind of hypothetically thinking like, will this work as a band? And so I I tried to think about that too. And I know Hendrix was kind of a curveball, but, um, no, I like that. Yeah. I I just thought like, it would be very interesting to see if, if they ever had a chance, these minds kind of get together and create something. And I think that's the part I was like excited about for the list is like, just that, like that pondering thought of like, wow, these guys can actually probably make a really good record or song or whatnot, and yeah. be highly entertaining, obviously, to to see live. Um, and you know, who wouldn't want to see like McCartney, you know, you know, hang out, you know, play music with like 
Joe Strummer and and Johnny Cash. And that'd be something. That'll be something, man. And fuck, you already have your opening bands there. Just have them all play their couple songs from their their original catalog. And oh man, you know, actually that'd be fucking. Have oh we done a top? Okay, I know this is going a little not sidetracking. Go, no, go, go. Have we done like a top, top five like, it, like a hypothetical like um, festival like. No, top five bands you want to see, and, I like and that, it. and I'll count Living or Dead. Like, so is that next week? Is maybe we'll have to save that for next week because that's pretty hard. That's a that's a lot of different. We might have I to like make that. the top ten actually because if it's a festival, there's got to be more than five bands. Well, here's okay. Here's the deal. Ready? Okay. We each come up with five, and whoever says theirs first, if you got to have backups. All right. If there's oh, if any we crossover, a... we have no crossover. Ah, uh, okay. I'm down with that. You know so saying? I'll have some right. prepped. But um, that, yeah, that Dream was kind of leading me festival. into that. <laughs> what? What, what was? Was it um, Wayne Fest or Wayne uh, Stock? Wayne Stock. <laughs> yeah. This will be our Wayne Stock. This will be our Wayne Stock, guys. We. I had a dream. Uh, naked Indian came to me <laughs> in the desert. Is that, is that what happened? <laughs> That's what happened, man. And uh, he told me to put on the greatest concert of all time. <laughs> Hell yeah. But, um, yeah, dude. And they uh, got a pool table, I, too. Yeah. <laughs> I, I loved your list, dude. It was, it was really I cool. I loved yours. So I kind of get... It, it, every now and then, I, I want to throw, like, a top five that just, like, just out of the blue, like, a what if, like, you, you can make this happen or you know, kind of dive a little bit more into, you know, kind of stuff we're into and, and the music we're into and to kind of think like, what kind of, you know, what kind of music we want to see and, and people we want to hear and, um, to take such, you know, I feel like all the musicians we named off are really high caliber musicians are very, you know, obviously have worked with their careers over so many years, uh, have gotten to that point, but, um, it's great to see like, you know, these kind of my, these people working together um, and maybe kind of curious to see how that would work out. Like I would be interested to see half of the Arctic monkeys collaborate with some other band, like maybe the Foo Fighters or something, you know, it's, it would be a, a very nuts. interesting thing. And um, someone who does that quite frequently uh, is uh, like Jack White. He's in like three or yeah. four different bands and he's not even the, sometimes he's the lead vocalist, but sometimes he's just kind of the backing guy or he plays drums and not guitar. You know, it's like, that's it's cool. cool to see those kind of bands happen. And, um, you know, it's, it's obviously a, a once in a life, you know, time kind of opportunity to, to, to see those bands play. So, um, yeah, yeah, dude, I like, right I liked yours, sir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so we don't have a, uh, a weekly segment. So, um, We'll work that out. Maybe we will next week. Maybe we won't. No pressure. pressure. Um, Jonathan, do you have anything you'd like to uh, share with our audience this week, sir? Um, nothing, nothing much really. I, I'm just, uh, trying to stay cool in Los Angeles. And I would say, um, maybe a little update, uh, this, the studio I work for, we're actually building a recording studio in Pasadena and uh, we're actually almost done with it. So um, super excited for that. And, you know, there's like a lot of kind of opportunities coming through there and um, just a lot of changes in my life, I feel, uh, with that happening. And 
um, super excited to be able to be a part of that team there. And, um, yeah, just getting excited, man, to like, right you on. know, have a, a home base for, you know, creating the music and, and really kind of honing in on the skills that I, I want to keep developing. So, um, and you know, hopefully more will come and maybe we'll have a chance to shout out some more. So yeah, dude. It's and then again, man. and then again, thank, thank you everyone who came to our, our, uh, yes. our live episode and you know, anyone who has, who didn't get a chance to make it, we do have it on our, on our site uh, or on, on iTunes and on SoundCloud. Um, so check it out. And again, thank you, Andrew Hopkins. And of course, Raj Patel for taking some, some photos for us. So really appreciate yeah. that. Um, but yeah, that, that's all for me this week, dude. I'm, I'm just kind of still trying to get, uh, man, I'll have something cool to share next week. I, I'm sure. It's just that's been, okay. yeah, it's just been kind of busy. So, uh, how about you, Joe? Do you have anything interesting to share this week? Um, I want to echo what you said. Thank you to everyone who came out. It meant so much. Um, you know, and we had a lot of fun. I hope we get to do it again real soon. Um, I want to, you know, as if I need to say it again, but check out the Robin Williams documentary, come inside my mind. It's really good. And, uh, a shout out yesterday was, um, my mother's 39th birthday. So happy birthday, mom. Um, it's going to be a week late by the time this drops, but I love you. And, uh, yeah, we love you, Kathy. <laughs> love you. So, um, there you go. There you go. Shawnee. Um, yeah. Where can we find more of your work <laughs> on the internets this week, sir? Uh, well, you guys can find me on Instagram at Shawnee music and on my website, shawneemusic.net. Net. The nets, the world, the nets, worldwide net. Um, yeah. Joe, where can we find you on the net? You can check me out at joyprodyscripts.com. And you know what? That's, that's all I'm going to say from now. Why even invite people to my Instagram if it's private? It doesn't make any sense. So uh, don't check out at Joey Prodi on Instagram. Unless you're special. <laughs> because, because it's private. Um, <laughs> but you can totally check out the show on Gmail, on Twitter, on Instagram, at Top5Pod. That's T-O-P-F-I-V-E. 5pod um, and you can check us out on Facebook Top 5 Podcast. Give us a like, give us a follow, give us a comment um, but more than anything, give us a listen yeah. on iTunes or SoundCloud. Link check us out in the bio. Um, but yeah, so there we there we have it. I had a good time tonight, Sean. You have a good time? I missed you. It was fun, dude. I, I, it was weird like having a break between our, our episode, but I was uh, I was actually really excited to like come back again and just kind of reflect on the whole experience i know and then we had comic-con so it was just a just a hurricane of entertaining information <laughs> so, so there you go there we go <sighs> until oh. next time i'm joey Prati. oh and i'm sean day ah <sighs> thanks, thanks for, for uh, listening, listening.